Our guests tonight are comprised of brains, brawn, beauty, and bacon. Why bacon? Because bacon's good with everything. <laughs> They've come together to make one of the most entertaining and insane movies of the year. The Suicide Squad opens in theaters and streams on HBO Max August 6th. Please welcome Margot Robbie, John Cena, and director James Gunn! Hollywood Boulevard, John. <laughs> you could make a lot of tips wearing that outfit out on the strip. So one would think so, but I actually walked on Hollywood Boulevard today and everyone passed me by. <laughs> oh, really? You, I guess you just blended in. I did. Yeah, it is Hollywood. All right, I, I watched the movie this afternoon and, and I don't think I'm quite qualified to explain it. James, do you oh, care to explain your vision for this film? <laughs> Well, really, I just wanted to do the ultimate all-time comic book movie, um, create The Suicide Squad, based on one of my favorite comic books of all time by John Ostrander, about a group of really crappy supervillains, some of the worst supervillains in the world. Sorry, John. Um, and who, you know, are being used as fodder by the U.S. government in black ops missions, putting them out on suicide missions where most of them die. And this group of... Uh, Suicide Squad members goes to Corto Maltese, uh, a fictional island off the coast of Argentina, to try to stop an insurrection. Okay. Now, the original movie was called Suicide Squad. That's right. Now, is this a sequel, a prequel? Because I noticed the title. Now, is it the Suicide Squad or is it the Suicide Squad? <laughs> it, it, and how many executive coast, meetings did you have to have? On the East Coast, it's the. On the West Coast, it's the Suicide Squad. Okay. So here it's the Suicide Squad. It's weird. I always thought it was Tehe Suicide Squad. <laughs> Tehe. Well, that's because you're wearing a toilet bowl on your head, John. <laughs> By the way, John stole this outfit. I just want to tell everybody that we have asked him because we, after we shot the Suicide Squad, we shot the Peacemaker TV series. And I kept telling him to quit taking the outfit. I know it doesn't look like it's that expensive, but these costumes are tens of thousands of dollars to put together. And uh -huh. we're hoping for a season two, and now HBO is not going to give it to us because I've, we're over budget. I've learned that if you just keep the costume on, they don't ask for it back. <laughs> now, now, John, how difficult is it to get this costume through customs? Well, um, I am a, a horrible superhero, so uh, it's, it's quite difficult. I guess they asked some questions mm -hmm. about this wonderful beacon of freedom on my head. And uh, I, I know I made it. I'm in one piece. Uh, okay. You know, I did some things I don't want to talk about. But I will if you ask the right questions. All right. Uh, but we'll just we'll just we'll just keep that to the side. Um, now, now, Margo, um, I understand that there is a history between you and John. Um, John who? John. Me there, John? there is there is a backstory between the two of them. Do you mind telling? Uh, the history that you have with John Cena? Yes, yeah, so actually, John, I think I said this to you when we first met, but 
I, I watched WWE when I was growing up, when I was a kid, I loved The Undertaker. And then obviously, when I was a teenager, I kind of stopped watching. But then, as a late teen, early 20s, I had a boyfriend who was obsessed with John Cena, so much so <laughs> that he dressed as John Cena for his 21st birthday and had a cardboard cutout of John Cena in his bedroom. So I slept in a room for two years with a life-size cardboard cutout <laughs> of John Cena in the room. And... <laughs> really? Yes, and sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night and be like... <gasps> And then I was like, oh, it's just John Cena, it's okay. Um, and it was, I, I remember thinking, I wonder if now that I'm gonna work with John Cena, like, should I tell him this or is that gonna be weird? And I thought, I'm just gonna keep that to myself. I'm not gonna tell him that would be, that'd be a weird way to start our working well. relationship and friendship. And then five seconds into meeting him, I was like, I used to sleep in a room with a life-size cut out of you. <laughs> <laughs> But well, now I know that there's I, I very guess little if, to weird out this guy. I think it would uh, be weird as a grown man to have a life-size cutout of another grown man in my room as I'm being intimate with my lady. <laughs> but, you know, I, we have some... In, yes, John? In my defense, I more than likely was wearing jean shorts. Yeah, OK. Yeah. Well, yeah. we have a little something here for you. Uh, can we bring it out? That right there, John. Yeah. <laughs> Say it, John. Sup. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You know, it's weird because my girlfriend always makes me put on a cutout of John Cena before we make love. <laughs> so it's a strange coincidence that you and I have in common. You also have to sleep with that in your room for two years now just to level the playing field. But... I'd rather sleep with that in my room for the next two years than a cutout cardboard. What the hell am I trying to say? <laughs> we'll be right back with Margot, John, and James after this break. You're gonna risk the entire mission for a mental defective dress as a court jester. This is coming from a guy that wears a toilet seat on his head. We don't leave one of our own behind. All right, we'll enter through the third floor and then down to the cellar where they usually keep their detainees. Hopefully Harley's still alive. It's not a toilet seat, it's a beacon of freedom. Third floor, hall is clear. What are you guys doing? You, we're, we're here to save you. You were gonna save me? It was a really good plan, too. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. I'm here with Margot Robbie, John Cena, and James Gunn. Now, now, now speaking about history, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go a little rogue here. Uh, James, you and I have a little history. We do. That, that, that the public does not know. Uh, uh, and I'm so happy to see you, and I've been so happy to watch your career over these years. Yeah, thank you. You, you want to talk to them about that history? We, uh, Anthony and I met, 19, I think it's 19 years ago. We were trying to do, I, I wrote the Scooby-Doo movies from the early 2000s. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And Anthony came in and read a bunch of the roles with us when we first read the script with the cast yeah. for the very first time. Yeah. And he was great. And I actually got the job. I believe I got the job. 
and I could not do the job because I ended up getting this other job, this little movie called Kangaroo Jack. Wow. And there was a little conflict. But yeah, man, so I just want to congratulate you on your success and everything that you've done since then because we haven't Thank seen you. each other I in 20 years. I haven't seen you since that boardroom at Warner Brothers Studios. Yeah. So it's great to see you. Yeah. And, and, and John, I need you to clear something up for me. What because I, do I, I, no, I, I, I grew up a WWF fan. And you're from the WWE. E. Now, is there any beef between the WWF and the WWE, or what's going on with that, man? Because I grew up with Jimmy Superfly Snooker and the Junkyard Dog and Andre the Giant and all these guys. Roddy so, Piper. Yeah, yeah, Roddy, Roddy Mr. Piper Fuji, and all that. Yeah, Don so, Morocco, the Iron Sheik, all those guys. Yeah. All we did was, was get the F out. <laughs> is that what happened? Yeah, we spent a lot of money on market research to just add another little bottom thing to the, to the F. <laughs> okay. Make it e. So it's, it's it. the same thing. Same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah, okay. Same thing. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Everybody at home, WWE is the WWF. Uh, all right. WWF is the WWE. <laughs> uh, okay. Now, there are a lot of rats in this movie. How many rats are in this movie, Margot? Well, was it always just the main one, or...? Well, we have a couple of good actors. We have a, a rat by the name of Jaws, who we worked with a lot, and then a rat by the name of Crisp Rat, who, which is named after <laughs> my friend Chris Pratt, of course. Okay. They were our two main acting rats. They played Sebastian the Rat in the movie. Uh, and then we have about 300,000... Other rats. Uh, animated rats. Okay. Yeah, CGI rats. Yeah. All right, I, well, I well, had a pet rat when we did the first movie, so this time around, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm yes, done with this. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Margot, because you have had a pet rat, and it seems like your pet rat has a drinking problem. <laughs> yeah, that's your rat rat. Care to explain to us about this rat you have here, and what's his name? His name is Rat Rat, and um, <laughs> when we shot Suicide Squad, not, not the Suicide Squad, but Suicide Squad, Mr. J gave me a rat, and he became a beloved pet. We called him Rat Rat. He mm -hmm. liked beer and bath time. And um, then the landlord of the place I was renting found out I had a rat and said Rat Rat had to go. And so then Jai Courtney, who plays Captain Boomerang, mm -hmm. said, I'll take Rat Rat. And then his landlord wasn't cool with that either. And so then uh, one of the costumers on the job took Rat Rat. And then she had to give Rat Rat away. And Rat Rat, she gave him to Guillermo del Toro's um, oh. daughters apparently have rats. So in the end, Rat Rat's a bit of a star Really? Yeah. Rats are really one of the greatest, one of the reasons why I wanted to put Ratcatcher in this movie, which is played by Danielle Melcher, one of the young actors from Portugal, is that, it, I, you know, I made the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And, <laughs> and after we put Rocket in that movie, suddenly I got all these notes from all over the world of people having pet raccoons, and they're terrible, rac you know, terrible pets. But rats are the best small animal pet in the world. They're better than gerbils. They don't bite like hamsters. Yeah, they don't bite crazy. like, you know, they're not like crazy, stupid, like guinea pigs. They're as smart as a horse. So for people that want a small pet, a rat is the very best. And they're so cute. Oh, they're smoking cute. like a real rat lover. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have more pictures here, but I really want to get into the heart of this movie. I, I have to ask you this. Uh, James, what was the hardest or toughest thing that you had to ask Margot to do in this film? Well, you know, the hardest thing I asked her to do was something I never thought she would be able to do. There's a scene in which Margot is being hung up by handcuffs over her head, and she has to get her toes along a dead body and pick a key off of the dead body, 
flip her toes backwards to put the key into the lock over her head, unlock it, and then come down straight. And she is like a human Swiss army knife who <laughs> was able to flip herself backwards, do this. And I'm watching this. It was honestly my favorite day. Torturing Margot was my favorite day on set. <laughs> and watching this scene with her flipping backwards was just beyond incredible. And I was so happy that it worked and I was mesmerized by it. And then I got into the editing room with the footage and you have this little cuff next to your, on your uh, outfit oh, yeah. that covers her face. So it looks like it's a stunt person, but it's Margot me. doing it in the movie. And it's my biggest, re honestly, my biggest regret in the whole movie is not going in there with the scissors. But I was so mesmerized that you were doing it. I wasn't looking at your I have, face. I'm very dexterous with my toes. I could braid someone's hair with my toes, I reckon. They're like... Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, I reckon I could. I okay. play the um, piano, whatever. I mean... Uh, so I could pick a lock, no problem. It was okay. not a, James was like, don't worry, we'll cut in and do like a, we'll cut into this, yeah. don't worry about it. And I was like, no, I reckon I, I reckon I got it, actually. And I remember we were going to have to, for like a, a, you know, to cut in close, we are going to have to use someone else because I had to get to another set. But our editor actually edited Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and he was like, those aren't Margot Robbie's feet. I have seen Margot Robbie's feet. Believe me, I'm on Twitter. I know people want to see her feet. I don't know where these people come from. but right. Do we get to see Margot's feet? I'm like, that's what you're thinking about? We've got huge bombs. We've got buildings fall over. We've got Idris Elba, John Cena, Margot Robbie, all these great people. But the, those are the it's stars. It's weird. I'm flattered by that. social media account would say something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pon Pina. John, not, not to have you left out, Jim. James, what was the toughest thing you had to have John do on the set? Uh, for John, you know, I mean, listen, every... John... <laughs> the, to oh, <laughs> the, toughest, the toughest thing for... What was the toughest thing I had to make have you do? Eat empanadas. Oh, my God, Oh, you yes. make so many empanadas. So, how many? Yeah, it, it was <laughs> this <laughs> elaborate thing where I had to take an empanada out of a package and eat it. And it was really me doing it. It wasn't a stunt person. Yeah, it was a <laughs> It was a long shot with like well, 20 well, people in it. Well, John, let's they talk about this. I mean, they didn't bring in how like many Joey times, Chestnut. To how eat many the times did you shoot that scene, and how many empanadas did you have to eat? Did we, did we decide it was like 36? I think it was 36 <laughs> empanadas. So many. Yeah. It, See? Yeah. That's where you guys like empanadas. What? Then you're like, oh. <laughs> That's a lot of food. <laughs> yeah, all right, okay. When we come back, we have an exclusive never before seen clip of the Suicide Squad and John Cena taking a <laughs> after eating 40 empanadas. We'll see you when we come back. We're closing the boxes for all of you so you can blend in. That said, the walking to Boudon is gonna have to stay out of sight. I wear disguise. Oh, you're going to wear a disguise. See? Hey, he's learning Spanish. And what kind of disguise? Fake mustache. Oh. Yeah, fake mustache isn't going to cut it, mate. You still look exactly like yourself. Worst fake mustache I've ever seen. But if you afford us, we'd have to kill you. Shark shaped bloke with a mustache creeping up on us like that. <laughs> Welcome back. If everyone at home or in the studio audience has a keen ear, that's a very distinctive voice. James, that voice belongs to who? Sylvester Stallone, of course. And I, th by the way, 
Thank you for wearing your shark skin suit Thank for you, King Shark this evening. Come on, baby. This is what I do. I'm a team player. I want to be. I want to be in V Suicide Squad Part Two. <laughs> All right. How did you reach out to Sly and, and get him to agree to do this? Sly's a friend of mine. We did a movie called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two together, and he was great. He's one of the greatest actors I've ever worked with. He does everything wonderfully except for say the word Ravager, which is which he kept saying Ravager throughout the shoot. And every time he's, you know, the Ravagers are the group of people that he and Michael Rooker and Yandu and all these other people belong in. And, uh, and he couldn't quite say it. And every time I had to correct him and say, it's, it's Ravager, Sly. And he goes in again and he says, and now the Ravagers and the Ravagers and the Ravagers. And then finally I went up to him and I said, Sly, really, we, we got to say it right. It's Ravager, not Ravager. And he goes, why didn't you tell me? And that was after about <laughs> an hour and a half of... I, I, I still don't understand what he was saying. All right, well, this, the shark in the Suicide Squad isn't all CGI. It's a guy who used to work here, and I would be remiss if I didn't bring him up. Uh, his name is Steve Aging. <laughs> and he's... That's him right there. Right there. Steve used to work on this set for about six years. Um, so how was it working with him? How was that? Steve's the best, and he's so funny. And I feel like we uh, both had a similar issue with our spatial awareness, because he had a giant, as you can see in that picture, like, mm -hmm. shark head thing, so, like, going through doors would be an issue. And I suddenly had a javelin that anytime someone said my name, I'd, like, spin around and, you know, three people get whacked in the shins. And I was like, ah, sorry, I'm figuring it out. But he's, he's the best. You've known him for a long he's, time. He's, and... Steve's been one of my best friends for a long time, and he's a great comedian. I, when I first met him, I just thought he was the funniest guy I ever met. So I've been, just been using him in a lot of different movies. And now he actually plays King Shark on set, but he also plays a role of a character named John Economos, who is one of, uh, part of the ensemble of Peacemaker uh, TV oh, show. He, I didn't know he was yeah. in that. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's him and Jennifer Holland and uh, uh, Daniel Brooks from uh, Orange is the New Black. And the Peacemaker TV still, show. That's why I stole the costume, man. Yeah. I, was, I was bored during, you know, COVID took a lot out of all of us, and I was stuck alone in my house with only my thoughts. I was editing The Suicide Squad, my favorite movie I've ever done, the biggest movie I've ever done with the best cast of all time, out August 5th. August 5th. August 6th in theaters, and uh, and, I, <laughs> and I and I decided the only thing I could do was to write eight episodes of a TV show to quell my crazy mind, and then John and I put this thing together. Well, we all wish you good luck with that. Thanks to Margot, John, and James. The Suicide Squad opens in theaters and streams on HBO Max August 6th. When we come back, it's Meta, Sandford Art Test versus the Hell Hoop. Put on down.